Hi, Steve. Hi, Edie. How'd you like the Petersons? I think they were pretty high, too. <laughs> Did you notice the resemblance? Well, some wonderful couple, those two have been charging things all over town on your diner's card. <laughs> yeah, I, I think we better get them, Edie. Next thing you know, they'll be stealing our act. We'll see you later, Cole. See you later. <laughs> Nice kids. I take them with me wherever I go. <laughs> I like listening to married people because that's where I get all my ideas from. And I got news for you. I, uh, well, I got some news for you fellas today. For years, I thought like most of you guys. You marry a girl, you give her your name, you support her, you buy her gifts, that's your own a luck, stock, and barrel. That's not true. It's the other way around. They own us. They're just biding their time. Now, I don't want to upset you fellas because you're out for an evening. But just to prove a point, take a look at your wife and say to yourself, how come I'm insured and she's not? <laughs> don't think about it too long, it'll get you right here. I know a lot of married couples, I don't know one wife that's insured. They're having meetings we don't know about. Me, I'm insured up to here, my wife's not a dime. I go to work, she says, fly, take a plane, fly. <laughs> and they never let you forget you're insured, not for a moment. Comes the end of the day, you get in bed, you put out the lights, says, are you covered? <laughs> and if you're lucky to sleep through the night, they're mad because you had a good night's rest. So they aggravate you in the morning while you're having breakfast. They say things like, what do you want for dinner tonight? I said, dinner? Seven o'clock in the morning, I'd like to taste the egg yolk first. She said, I gotta know now, I have to defrost. <laughs> My whole life depends on how defrosting at seven o'clock in the morning. And they have a sixth sense, no matter what you have for lunch, they make it for supper. <laughs> and they have a great sense of humor, great. Do you ever walk in the house at night and you say, how do you feel, honey? She don't answer you. It's her day off. It's Tuesday, she don't feel like talking to you. Because that afternoon, while she was dusting, she remembered something you did to her two years ago. So tonight, you're on ice. She don't say a word. You're home five hours. You talk with the kids, you watch television, you have dinner. She don't say one word. Comes time for you to go upstairs, put your head on the pillow, close your eyes and get some sleep. She starts to talk like she never talked in her life, as if the neighbors are putting nickels in her all day. She can't sleep. Why not? She had a nap that afternoon. And they test you to see if you're a sleeper, and they poke you in the face. Are you sleeping? No, I'm shaving. Why, when they can't sleep, nobody sleeps. All day long, they're dead. Four o'clock in the morning, they become athletic directors. And they ask little questions to keep you awake, little riddles they give you, things like, we're lying there one night, she says, uh, when we first met, did you pick me up or were we introduced? <laughs> I said to myself, I'll humor this maniac. <laughs> and you gotta humor them because they control the electric blanket. <laughs> hey, you talk about sleeping. I talk to a lot of husbands. I am convinced that every wife in the world sleeps the same way. Right in the middle of the bed like this. <laughs> I see we all belong to the same club, <laughs> right? And if the husband can't fit his body around that frame, he doesn't get any sleep. So for eight hours, he sleeps like that, see? And that's why they say men have bad posture. When we get up in the morning, hello, Harry, how are you, Jack? Something wrong with your back? No, I ring the bells at Notre Dame. <laughs> Now, 
Another thing that drives me crazy is my wife. She gets busy after 12 midnight. She bakes at 4 o'clock in the morning. When the world's at rest, that's when she gets busy. Like we're lying there one night, I forget the time. She said, I want to learn how to drive. I said, I don't want to upset you, but the car's sleeping. You ever teach your wife how to drive? I'll give you an example. Put the key in. That's good. Turn it to the right. Fine. Release the brake. Good. Push in the starter button. Fine. Now get in the car. She backed the car out of the garage, which was frightening because I backed the car in the night before. <laughs> you have to laugh fast. I don't have that much time. She finally got to the corner, made a right turn, a wide right turn, into the other lane, into an oncoming car. Well, I was screaming like a maniac. After the crash, she looked at me and uttered a statement that she won the Pulitzer Prize. She said, you shouldn't have yelled at me. And maybe she's right. Maybe I should have said, you get a feeling we're going to have an accident. You see those two people in the back seat? They're from the other car. But with all the trials and tribulations, the truth of the matter is we cannot do without each other. Unless you ladies never forget that we always remember you give us the greatest gift in life, which is children. My son. I'd like to kill him. <laughs> My mother used to say to me, someday you're going to get one just like yourself. I got him, boy. Wants to be a fire commissioner, not a fireman, a commissioner. He thinks he gets a commission on every fire. Wanted to be a doctor, so I bought him the play bag with the tools, you know. One day we're having dinner, I said, have a soda pop. He's like, can't, I'm operating in the morning. I thought it was funny till I woke up and found my nostrils sewed together. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, we all know that kids are beautiful. And doctors say that marriage is a beautiful relationship. Doctors say that married men live longer than single men. It's absolutely foolproof that a married man lives longer than a single man. So you single fellas in the audience, if you want a slow death... <laughs> Corbett, that was hysterical. I was back there listening, but I know you're only kidding because, I mean, I, I happen to know that you are as happy with your wife as I am. You're happy with my wife? <laughs> no, no, I, mean, I was talking about the humor that you do about married life. Oh, you know? I don't want this to come as a shock to you, pal, but uh, I don't find too much humor in being married. <laughs> but the truth of the matter is, Steve, let's face a fact, you know, there are couples, married couples, that are not as happy as we are. Yes, uh, we're very happy. No, I didn't mean it that way. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean with, you know, our respective wives. No, no, here's what I'm trying to say. Chris, I've met you before I met Edie, I don't know, you know. <laughs> but, you, you want to pick our furniture tomorrow? <laughs> what I'm trying to say, to make a marriage work, right. well, you really got to want it. I mean, you got married, right? Right, right. And I feel that you really wanted it. Right. I really got it, too. <laughs> what I mean is, you're married to Edie. Right. And I say, as well as I know you, I say that if you had it to do all over again, you would. 
I would. If you can get me out of this one, I'll prove it to you. <laughs> another bride, another June, another funny honeymoon. Yours was funny. Another season, <laughs> another reason for making whoopee. You wash the dishes, take out the trash. You give her presents, you give her cash. Then there's insurance, you need endurance for making whoopee. You save for a car and cottage, that is your secret aim. You pay for the car and cottage, then in her name, suppose you leave. Alimony, the lawyer's fee. So why not keep her? You'll find it cheaper than making whoopee. Cheaper, cheaper, it's cheaper than making whoopee. That's all, folks. <laughs>